1: Good afternoon and welcome
2: into this Thursday, August 3rd edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio, WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Puniak, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us. Nick Colin. Dylan back from Morgantown yesterday, and uh, we're going to start it off the show with a guest in the studio. His name is also Dylan, That's and his say. last name also starts to be as well. Dylan Brewer, former Martinsburg and Shepherd football standout, uh, is coming in to talk about his new flag football league he's starting up. How you doing, Dylan?
3: I'm doing good. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on today.
2: Yeah, no problem. Uh, what's this uh, flag football you're starting up? Kind of grassroots, kind of from the bottom here?
3: Uh, yeah, so um, as you know, I played football a lot of years and, you know, I got my start <laughs> um, playing flag football. So um, I really enjoyed it. I started off in Winchester playing in their league. Um, but, you know, just in. Went through, you know, played my years of football, and you know, I think this is a great way to give back to the community, um, get young kids, you know, to get started off in, you know, flag football and falling in love with it, just like I did when I started playing. But um, we're gonna have uh, six games this year. It's called the Berkeley County Youth Flag Football League. Uh, it's gonna be at Martinsburg High at Coburn Field. Um, so pretty excited about it. Um, I guess we'll
4: keep going, but just trying to introduce it a little bit from here, but. So, Dylan, uh, just, I guess, tell us the age groups and give us a little bit more details about how to register, too.
3: Okay, so it's going to be K through 8, so we're trying to fit, you know, everybody from starting school to all the way to 8th grade. Um, right now, the, we probably have about 40, 50 kids signed up, so uh, the league's taken off pretty well. Um, it's a $99. There's an early bird special right now for each player. Um You can check it out. You can register at bcyffl.com. I'll give you all a little PDF file and all that stuff, and you can send it out too, but there's a QR code you can check out uh, to sign up. Uh, The early bird special will probably end around August 25th. That's kind of our goal, you know, so we have all the teams, and we have other sponsorships and all that other stuff too that we have if
0: people want to sign up for that what sort of inspires you to get this league going to, was it just you know seeing the, the sort of the need for one
3: uh, yeah so the the issue with it right now there's not actually a local flag football league um, it's a travel league where um, so my girlfriend's brothers they played a couple years ago and they're driving two hours down the road just to play flag football. You know, we don't have something here specifically local for, you know, kids before they start tackle football or kids that, you know, just don't have the opportunity to play actual tackle football. So I think it's good to have it right here local so you don't have to travel an hour down the road. It's right here in
2: Martinsburg. And I've been seeing a lot lately. Kind of like studies across the United States that flag football is getting bigger for the younger age until they hit like 12 or 13 Mm -hmm. because of all the studies with, you know, helmet to helmet contact and football and things like that. So obviously getting something started here for kids at a younger age is going to be a boost for parents wanting them to maybe not transition to tackle football right away. Uh, and get into just flag football and kind of the basics of football first
3: yeah and I think it's a a good way to start because I mean you want to cut down that head-to-head contact as much as you can and especially when you're developing young as a kid you want to cut all that head-to-head contact down as much as you can so um, and this is a good way for if you wanted to keep that down and still keep kids active in the sport and learning how to play the game so when it's time you know they're more developed to take those hits you know they can go out on the field and do what they gotta do.
5: This is uh I think first of all this is great. I I didn't know that there wasn't a already a flag football league. I played flag football growing up. How much are the are the schools involved at all in in helping with this? I know when I played like the high school kids always came and coached and
3: refed and stuff like that. Is there any help from the schools? Um so right now, um we got it approved by Berkeley County Schools, um, so to do it at Martinsburg High. So, you know, they're kind of backing us with all of this. But uh, right now, we just have with coaches. As far as coaches, like we have some uh, just kids that are they're they're playing. Their parents are going to be coaching. So, some of the names that we have is like Jared Ferguson, a former Fairmont State standout, Dewey McDonald, and he's going to be coaching Brandon Ashenfelter Felter, uh, Marco Strowski, You know, played at Fairmont State, uh, coaches at Martinsburg currently. Um, I'm trying not to forget any more names but and i'll probably be a coach too if i need to so but i think we're gonna have a pretty good turnout with you know volunteers and all that other stuff but you know if anybody's interested uh you can uh, reach out to us um our email is registration at com. if you're interested and want to volunteer and ref or anything like that you know just reach out to us from email and you know you can join it if you're interested
2: so you mentioned it's k-8 through eight, um on the website right here just to kind of let everybody know there's going to be different divisions for this
3: mm-hmm. yeah there's going to be different divisions i would say the biggest division right now is uh between like six through uh nine years old and that's our biggest division so far um obviously we want to fill out you know every single division but um i think it the, the biggest division we want to try to fill out is you know the the middle schoolers so
4: that's a that's another thing so pointing over at the flyer that you brought in and something that we haven't mentioned yet for this K through eight and everything um, it's a co-ed league
3: yes it's a co-ed league so if uh, there's any females or anything like that they want to you know join the league and they love playing football this would be a good start um, there's more women joining the game you know there's um, a couple girls and I've seen this year playing actual high school football and they do pretty well so you know if they want to get into it too it's we want to make it for everybody.
5: I was going to say, Dylan, um, what do you think, I guess, is the importance of flag football in terms of uh, trying to develop players to eventually play, you know, tackle football?
3: Um, the biggest thing is, is you know, we just want the kids to have fun. Um and, you know, no matter how you see it, you know, as the game gets more serious as you get older, the reason why we play the game is to have fun. And that's the big goal. And that's what we're trying to do here. We want kids to, you know, get out and get active. We don't want them to be at the house, you know, doing whatever. We want them to be active in the community and trying to fall in love and keep um uh, the uh football prestige that we have around here in berkeley county and keep that going so i think this is a good way to start it off and get people to fall in love with it especially kids so
5: do you have to live in berkeley county to play or can you live in jefferson
3: uh you can live in jefferson too um honestly if if really if anybody wants to come out of state we're we're taking anybody if, okay. if yeah if you want to join you know uh, more than welcome we'll take anybody
2: so there'll be six games you'll go september 9th to october 21st to coburn field uh bcyffl you can go to bcyffl.com for more what uh you know you mentioned obviously the the wanting to have a local youth football or flag football league here because the other ones are travel and you have to travel two hours each way uh but kind of what else was the determining factor and why right now why this fall
3: um so, I'm going to be honest with you, one of the things is, is uh, you know, I really miss football and I miss being around it, and I think this is a good opportunity for me to get back involved with football and, you know, trying to get kids to fall in love with it just the way I have been. So, you know, that's the big thing. I'm... I kind of miss playing football. So I think this is a good way for me to get involved uh, with football again and then also just with the community and the kids.
0: So, so that, that six-game schedule, is that the, just the regular season games? Do you have a like postseason setup? Is it going to depend on how many teams there are in each division?
3: Um, so we do have a plan to do um, – so we're going to have about six um, regular season games. And then we do want to have a playoff one weekend and then have the championship also to that weekend. So there will be a trophy at the end of it um, for teams to go after. So –
5: Is this going to be on Saturdays? Is there a set day?
3: Yeah, so it's going to be Saturdays. Um, We're going to start around between 11 and 12, just trying to work out, you know, what times and the earliest we can get up there. But 11 or 12 will be the start time. Um, Teams, they come up an hour before their game, and that's when the practice time will be. So we'll go down on the Martinsburg practice field, on the grass field, and they get to practice for the game. And then when there's time for them to come up, they come up on the field, and then uh,
2: they play right on the turf. So this is uh, on the website. This is a joint venture with your mom, is that correct? Uh, my mother and my father, yeah. So what kind of – how did that go trying to help them, or what was your pitch to them to help you, uh, I'm assuming with kind of the back-end side of things, as you're the football guru guy?
3: Yeah, um, so, you know, my mother and father are pretty good with uh, – you know just doing a lot of things like i'm not really good at technology setting up qr codes and websites and all that stuff so they're behind all that different type of stuff and you know i'm trying to make the connection in the community with different people to try to you know get them to join and you know take this opportunity to play so So, go ahead colin
4: so you said you have roughly 40 to 50 kids right now i believe Mm -hmm. Uh, what i guess is your realistic size or amount of kids that you want to be able to put out a different number of teams for all these different age groups
3: uh so i'm so the the team size for each person each team on the field will have six people on the field at a time so it'll be six versus six um so the team sizes will be around probably like eight to ten we're still trying to work out that number but we'll probably put ten kids on a team at a time um so we have a pretty good size so far but i'd say we probably want to have at least ten
0: teams so And uh, when it comes to kind of going off of a Spencer asking about how your parents are getting involved in this, is there going to be any opportunity for people in the community if they want to get involved and sort of, you know, help you out with the league or, you know, donate to make sure the, the league has enough funds? Uh, yeah, so one of the things that we're doing, too, um, I'm going to mention this while I'm on
3: here. We are looking for sponsors. Um, so one of our sponsorship packages, and I'll give this to you when I leave today, um, there's 150 sponsorship if you want to be a team sponsor. So with the team sponsor, you can sponsor a team. Uh, we have jerseys that the, the teams will have, um, each individual player have. Uh, we'll put our BCYFFL logo on the front, and then on the back will be the, the business logo, the uh, business that sponsors uh, a team, so they'll have a logo right there on the back. Um, we also have another sponsorship package. If you didn't want to sponsor a team, uh, each individual weekend you can. Um, the other package is another $150. Uh, you get a PA announcement, uh, can be up to a minute uh, between games. We'll announce each business and you know kind of portray their image and all that different type of stuff. And then um, the full sponsorship package uh, is $299. And that'll be team sponsor and PA announcements uh, throughout the weekends. So we have that as well. Uh, that'll cover our flags, our jerseys. Um, and also, too, that'll just be for, you know, our field time, anything like that. And, you know, investment into the future for next year.
0: All right. I, if, we're, if no one else has any yeah. questions, before, before we let them go, DeBrew, you are... A Martinsburg Bulldog and a Shepherd Ram. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're going to be covering all their games this year. How how are you feeling about the Bulldogs and the Rams?
3: Um, so obviously, with Martinsburg, uh, Coach Walker's back. So um, you know, and I think Coach Sherman did an excellent job. You know, while Coach Walker was away, he did a really good job. I played for him too. I love Coach Sherman. He's a he's a guru. He Um, with the onside kicks and everything. But, um, you know, it's exciting for Coach Walker to be back. Um, I think they have a lot of people in the skill position, specifically, like you know, every single year. Um, Also, I think Murphy Clement's going to have a really big year, Um, not just running the ball but throwing the ball as well. And as far as the Rams go – I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. I think the defense is going to be really strong this year, um, and then as far as um, you know, skill positions, I think everybody's going to step up and rise to the occasion. But the big thing is, you know, the quarterback position, and I think they have two good uh, quarterbacks right there at that position right now. Um, so we'll just see how it plays out. But I think they're going to surprise a lot of people and
2: make some noise in the region for sure. And for you, you're. I would say, from the outside looking in, pretty good friends with Tyson Bajant. You were part of his pro day. Uh, you were part of the throwing session during, I believe, when RG3 was in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what have you heard from him so far from camp? It looks like on Twitter, everybody one, everybody's loving him, and two, he's making a name for himself.
3: Um. Well, it's not. I'm I'm pretty biased, <laughs> so this isn't <laughs> nothing new to me. I've seen the whole process, you know, ever since he's been in high school. We've been throwing for at least eight, ten years, I'd probably say. Um, so, you know, I I knew this was gonna happen for Tyson, and you know, um, I try not to read into the articles too much because, you know, a lot of people, you know, they try try to skew things and different things like that. But, you know, I think he's got a good opportunity to, you know, possibly be the backup or.
2: That's what I was reading the other day, that somebody was like, let's anoint Tyson the backup already. And I was like, he hadn't even been in the preseason game yet, but that goes to show what his work ethic is. And when we talk to him all the time, he's like, I just need to get my foot in the door.
3: Yeah, and uh, I think he's definitely doing that. And um, I think the big part is is knowing those plays. You know, you're getting 20-word plays and – as we worked out this summer, you know, he's he did all the different things and put himself in real-life situations to remember all those plays. And if you know those plays, you can go out there and play confident. And, uh, you know, I think he's pre- fully prepared to go out there and do his thing. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people and, you know, make a name for himself.
4: So to kind of tie in both of their questions, I know I've seen uh, you during the offseason helping out some of the local wide receivers, uh, for example, Roman Pearson, who – Martinsburg guy now going to Shepard. Just talk a little bit about, I guess, uh, with him and maybe a few others if there are any that you've been helping out.
3: Um, so I think Roman... Um you know, I'm a teacher at Martinsburg as well, and, you know, I got in contact with him because, you know, I, I think he kind of reminds me of myself a little bit. You know, he can block. He can do all the little all-around things that a receiver needs to do. Uh, he can catch the ball really well. Um, but, you know, one of the big things is is we just go out there. We, we train really hard. We do a lot of hand fighting, different things like that, and, you know, running really crisp routes. And I think that's, uh, you know, the big part of being the receiver is just being an all-around, you know, guy on the field. and You can help out in multiple ways.
2: Anything else, guys?
5: I was just going to say, does he have anything else that he wants to promote and then yeah, get go to over what I was all doing. your
3: information on how to sign up? Um, no, nothing really else. Just, um, you know, the, the website. My parents did a good job, so it's it's pretty uh, self-explanatory when you get on the, the website. It's bcyffl.com. Um, Also, too, you can contact um, us at 703-599-4249 if you're interested and you have any questions. um, Also, too, uh, same thing if you want to do any sponsorship packages or anything like that. So um, you can just reach out to us. Um, and we'll try to get you on there. And, or so. if you need your car detailing. And I was just oh. going to
2: throw that out there, too. Um,
3: so, yeah, I also have a, my own business. Uh, it's a mobile detailing company right now. Um, it's called Next Level Auto Detailing. Um, I do, as far as basic packages, from in tiers all the way to seven-year ceramic coating. So, uh, also, too, this winter... Um, I'm going to bring out and portray uh, my window tinting um, as well. So uh, my business is really taken off and, you know, it's mobile right now, but beginning of next year, uh, we have plans to, you know, open our own shop and all that other stuff. So it's, it's really taken off and, you know, I want to thank the community for, you know, supporting my business. So.
2: All right, Dylan. Well, thanks for the time. Thanks for coming in. And if you want to go, if you want to sign up your kid up for youth flag football, go to bcyffl.com and, We'll definitely be seeing you around at Shepherd or Martinsburg Games this fall. Uh, but thanks for coming on, Dylan. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, show segment sponsored in part by Parsons Ford, Ken Parsons Ford and Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to Parsonsford.com for more. When we come back, we'll talk post-14 baseballs there in the Mid-Atlantic Regional, plus a She or excuse me, a Muscleman. Pitcher has committed to Shannon Doe. We'll talk about that on the other side of this two minute break You're tuning into the sports mix on talk rated WRNR 210. Back in two minutes.
4: The Classical
1: Christian Academy at Bethel is helping create extraordinary futures.
6: So we've seen improvements in in our boys on the, as I said, arithmetic, reading and writing.
4: I worked in the county. I worked in public school and that's what I knew. Um, And I knew I wanted to be able to give her
2: more. So I would recommend this to anyone. You know, our daughter has thrived here. Um, The the family-like environment is exactly what she needed.
3: The Classical Christian Academy at Bethel in Martinsburg, equipping children to lead lives of significant impact.
2: Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio, WRNR, and TV 10. And just as we were coming back from break four minutes ago, get the game changer notification. Unfortunately, Berkeley post-14 season has come to an end at the Mid-Atlantic Regional in Morgantown as they fall in the loser's bracket to Fort Cumberland post-13, 8-1, thus ending their summer finished the summer at 24 and eight and they rattled off 15 of 16 before yesterday in the month of july uh all good things unfortunately have to come to an end
0: it was a good run i mean they won they won the state tournament sometimes you just get to that regional level and sometimes hey you just run into some better teams like that quaker town team yesterday was really really good that that pitcher was what was it? Six two, like two hundred thirty pounds. Yeah, pounds. Yeah, and he was a incredible power pitcher. But even then, they still got four runs off of him. And but it was the the offense that you know it was walks. It was a couple errors too. But the, that that team had a lot of power as well. Home runs. They were able to drive in those runs. Yeah, it was it? They were both those home runs were three run shots. Yeah. I, yeah.
5: So I mean, that's six of their thirteen, and then I think overall. The bigger takeaway isn't so much that you ran into good teams. I think the fact that the Hornets kind of came out and, and didn't play their best baseball. I mean, yeah, they could have still lost these two games, but I think that would be probably how I would feel about it if I was a member of the team. Is that they didn't really come out and play the way we know they're capable of. I don't know if they win those games if they. You know, play better, but they at least are probably a little bit more competitive. Yeah, I think
0: that's the disappointment there. You can at least say that those those at this point in the in the year regional tournament, these are teams you can't have an off day against. Yeah. So,
5: and I don't think those games summarize the team that we saw all season. So, I think that would be probably your biggest takeaway from it. But overall, they had a great run to win a state championship, to make it for the first time. To this point, also, that could be part of it. You know, they never really been in this situation. Yeah,
2: it's not like last year they went out and were in the – you know, it's not like they went to the state championship last year and Morgantown was the state champion, and then they automatically made it as a runner-up to the regionals. So, it's they haven't been there yet. They've got to experience something first to be able to do it. And, you know, there's a lot of guys coming back on this team, but a lot of guys that aren't coming back uh, because they've – reached the 19-year threshold on the 19U. But they're just reloading with that junior team that won the state championship next year.
4: Yeah, even though it's a disappointing end to the season, there's still a lot of promise, and this season itself was still very monumental for Berkeley post-14 as a whole because of, as you just said, the junior team just came back after a few years of not having a junior team because not having the numbers they go out there have a fantastic season win states themselves and for the first time in history of the program the senior team also wins states. so that's something that hasn't happened it shows that we have great baseball in this area and even though there's eight i believe kids leaving the 19u team because they're age out there's still a lot of talent coming back up so the fact that that has happened this year, even though it was a disappointing end. There's still a lot of promise for next year. And also, you get the host states next year as well. So you're automatically
2: in. Yeah. So looking at the guys departing, Braden Stottemeyer, he's aged out. Uh, Chase Herndon, obviously, aged out as they were coming back from college freshman year. And then the kind of the one that threw me through a little I like I didn't know he was an older graduate of high school this year. It was Colin Reed and he's the best player on the team this summer. Hit around 530 for them. Uh he's gone Con- Connor Bailey gone Griffin Horowitz gone uh L- L- Riley Bub gone Ty Broughton gone. I believe Trevor Bohr is also older as well. So I yeah. don't think he's coming back if I remember trip correctly. Uh so you know that's a big core of the team but you also bring back a big core of the team that played a big role this year uh, in guys that won. You've got a couple more years with a couple of guys, Caleb Fletcher, Carson Buber, uh, just to name a few, Jason Myers as well. you got two more years with him, but you only have one more year uh, with the guy. And you have two more years of Lane DeLauter as well, I believe, but you only have one more year of Jackson Rust, Jordan Canby, Landon Siffert, um, as well as Cam Moore. So, yeah, you'll have Oviedo back. You'll yeah, have you'll other have Oviedo. guys on
5: the junior team. So I'm sure they'll be fine. They'll be a really good team again next year. Um, and, you know, I think for those guys that are aging out, hopefully they can continue to have success at the college level and uh, we continue to hear good things about their baseball careers because, I mean, all of them are talented players. We've seen what they can do. Uh, just can they you know, put it together and at the college level, I think. For some of them, that's still yet to be seen, but I think they have they have the talent to do so. So wishing them the best of luck moving forward.
2: Yeah, and uh, get breaking news here. Uh, as a Musselman pitcher uh, is committing to Shenandoah University, that's Connor Chancey, the junior, going to be a senior this year, 19 and two-thirds innings for the Appleman last year, going 2-0 on the season, giving up 17 hits, 16 runs, 8 earned, 11 walks, 20 strikeouts with the of 2.847 and batting average against of 224. He's committing to Shenandoah University as a rising senior, so he already gets his commitment out of the way. And uh, he's going to come back along with Jason Myers for a, a, I believe Rutherford coming back as well, McClintock. And uh, it should be another good season for uh, the pitching staff of Musselman who, obviously finished the season twenty four and eleven last year before falling in the uh area or excuse me the sectional uh but uh they're coming back and Connor Chancy commits to shenandoah University,
5: yeah mussman's still gonna be really good uh this next season as a baseball program um obviously lose some big names, but they had some younger guys that were playing a big role uh so I think they'll still be really good I think overall, you know. Baseball is always going to be probably the top sport around here in terms of competition. There's not a whole lot separating the best team from the last place team. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see how these teams play again. And then these kids coming back and congratulations to Chansey in particular for, uh, you know, getting that opportunity.
2: Yeah. When you look at the roster for Musselman, obviously they lose Hartman, they lose Stevens they lose Board to Graduation as well as Moberly and Sights, but they bring back Chansey, Rutherford, Myers. Boyle's only a sophomore last year, played at a high level for a sophomore. You got Braden Miller coming back, Kyle Lohr coming back in center field, Mason Carter, Wyatt Levy, and then you got some young guys in the program that could make some noise, uh, including uh, Trevor Sharp, who played at WVU, then transferred in to Shepard last year, who I believe, did he have a no-hitter? Yeah, He had a no-hitter. His younger brother, yes. Tanner Sharp, uh, was a freshman last year. And I remember talking to Coach Hartman saying he's a guy that uh, could make noise as a sophomore this upcoming season. So Musselman in good shape and another pitcher committing to play in college. As you see, we saw Trevor Bohr. He's going to, I believe, Frederick Community College. You have um Baden Hartman going to play at Hagerstown Community College, Dylan Stevens going to Shepherd, and then Jason Myers getting a lot of looks, uh, who I would assume has the opportunity to make his commitment very soon if he would like to, with the amount of looks he's getting. So uh, you know, when they're coming back in good shape next year. Yeah, yeah maybe we'll
4: have to have Myers on the show when he makes that announcement.
2: Yeah, we'll maybe see if we can get Chansey on as well, but uh Unfortunately, post-14 season comes to an end as they fall in the Mid-Atlantic Regional Losers Bracket round. I believe it was 8-1 to one to the Fort Cumberland team that they actually beat in walk-off fashion at P.O. Faulkner Park a couple weeks ago, albeit, I believe, a walk-off wild pitch while Riley Bubb was hitting. So, talked enough about that. Uh, that will do it here for this segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Get your Traeger grills at Orsini's at 360 Hackables Away, or you can go online to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this break, Duck we'll MLB Baseball. We'll talk uh, some trade deadline moves, as well as the Nationals making moves within their organization yesterday as the calendar turned to August. We'll talk about that on the other side of this two minute break. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WR and 10. Back in two minutes.
6: You'll Here's when we cross a county line.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to call my parents. Dad, come over. The first gets done. <laughs> the Traeger Connected Experience. Everything you need for epic flavor. And then some...
6: Shop now and save at Orsini's today. The Joint Commission, in conjunction with the American Stroke Association, recently awarded WV Medicine Berkeley Medical Center advanced recertification as a primary stroke center, which signifies WV Medicine's dedication to fostering better outcomes for patients and demonstrates that our program continues to meet critical elements to improving outcomes for stroke patients. WV Medicine Berkeley Medical Center is committed to providing patients the highest quality stroke care in the region.
2: Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, Collin, and Dylan. Happy to have you with us here for this Thursday, August 30th. The calendar's already turned to August. We'll be on tomorrow, uh, but we will not be on again until Tuesday, August 15th. I believe we are going to shoot an episode of EPAC All Access on Monday the 14th at Spring Mills. Because they are in one of the oddest practice schedules of the teams. I'm assuming it's just the way that it works for them this year. They practice from 12 to 3.
4: It's not two-a-days or anything? They just decided to practice in the
2: afternoon? That's what Coach Sims told me. So I was like, okay. the only way to make it work is to not have a show or do a show live from there, but I'd rather not do a show live from there because it just complicates it even more and i was I mean, like we're already going to be off next week do the youth fair so let's just extend it a day go out there get it done on monday plus we might be able to do two episodes on monday the 14th as well still trying to nail down some details for that uh but uh, that's just kind of some business here is we are a week away from our two-year anniversary of being on air nick wow it's been it's nearly been two years since we started this thing up Kind you know crazy. what
4: it probably is for spring mills probably have soccer afterwards and maybe the alternate times is my guess since they all
2: share the one field perhaps i'm not i'm not too certain uh but let's talk about some trade deadline moves we i was on the air yesterday by myself for a very short show we played back the interview uh that we had with uh shepherd women's basketball coach julie kaufman that we interviewed her while we were down in charleston last week posted that to the podcast page but never aired it on the show So I aired that yesterday, previewed a little post-14, and then talked a little Nats about a minute or two before their broadcast kicked on. But I haven't really had a time to digest, or we've had time to digest, but not talk about the trade deadline, the lack of moves for the Baltimore Orioles. We digested it, but we didn't spit it back up.
0: There you go. I was about to say digested, but didn't regurgitate. I I don't know. You could call it a lack of moves, but at the same time, they did make – a move or two. They, they traded for Jack Flaherty, the starting pitcher from the Cardinals, who was actually making his debut with the Orioles tonight.
2: Actually, this, and, this afternoon. afternoon. Yeah. A few hours. Oh, right now.
0: okay. There you go. Afternoon game. There we go. Even it's better.
2: Thursday. Get away now.
0: Yeah. So uh, uh, they also made some like swap between minor league pitchers, a guy that's been in AAA with the Mariners. So I don't. That's a guy that is borderline maybe at some point we've seen him in the majors. But the main thing was Jack Flaherty. And... Uh, to me it was Michael Elias the front office doing the bare minimum
5: I think in this situation and again I don't know exactly or none of us know the conversations that were being had between these teams but there were some rumors that Dylan Cease would have required Jackson Holiday right so like if that is true nobody wants to give up Jackson Holiday for yeah. a four ERA pitcher um so I think for what they did, they didn't really give up anything because uh, while I think he's pretty talented, you know, he's never going to play in Baltimore. He's the 15th prospect yeah. in as an infielder, and infield is pretty log-jammed right now. So I think you know when he goes to the Cardinals, he'll probably be a top-10 prospect for them um, and and get a call here relatively soon, uh, opposed to in Baltimore. So they re- really didn't give up much, and I think if... Once Verlander was off the table and I wouldn't have given up a top prospect for a 40 year old pitcher, even if it's Justin Verlander. I just don't think that elevates you enough at this point in his career to a World Series. So you wouldn't want to give up, you know, some of your really talented prospects for a guy that that is that old. So I think what they did, they gave up pretty much nothing because this guy was never going to play for them. And they got a starter that can be reliable Potentially, you can extend him. I don't think he'll cost too much. And, you know, he's been pitching really well in the month of July. So, I think there's a lot of positives here for the Orioles and what they did. And they didn't sell the future for aging pitchers. There wasn't a big time. like It's not like Verlander is 28 or something. And you can get the next 10 years of him for one of these prospects. You know, you're getting a guy that's 40 and getting paid a lot of money. And they could always they still don't have a very big payroll so they could go out and sign a pitcher this offseason if they don't get it done this year i know we said you don't know how long the window is going to be open and all that which i understand but i think for what was available at this deadline where there wasn't a ton of big pitching available especially with you know good age i think they did the best with what was available and what they could get
4: yeah i slightly agree with dylan that it's the bare minimum because you knew the other guys out there you but At the same time, they still did what we wanted them to do. They still went out and got a starting pitcher.
0: Yeah, I, it, I, it's just not the guy that we wanted. I, I think it was more important for them to rework the, the bullpen, and I don't think they really did much there in terms of. Like, That's they true. traded for Shintero Fujinami, and two we weeks saw. Ago, right? Right. And we saw That's last night fun. he hit two guys in a row with the bases loaded, drove in to let two runs come in. And so he's been up and down. He, like, he had good outings against the Yankees
2: and Phillies. But I feel like that was his read coming in. Like, I feel like when he came in, like. Somebody, one of you had said, he seems like a guy that's up and down.
5: He's a project.
2: Yeah. If they can was, right. do what they did with Cano and with Batista,
5: you know, and they seem to fix those guys to make them reliable relievers, you look at his stuff and you look at what he throws and, you know, 100-mile-per-an-hour fastball, has a nice splitter. Like, there's a lot of good stuff there. The problem is he's not very consistent with it. So if they can turn him around in the next however many games there are left – You know, it could be a a great move, or he could continue to be very inconsistent, and then you can't rely on him. I'm with you, Dylan, though. I still would have liked him to get. A more reliable reliever because a reliever is probably not going to cost you much anyway so I was no. very surprised that they didn't go
0: for somebody I, I think they're going to try to rework the bullpen through guys Their like starters like yeah moving Tyler Wells down to minor leagues re- rework him as a as a reliever they're going to hope John Means can come back in September use him as a reliever
5: they have Irvin in the
0: pen right now per Cole Irvin DL Hall will probably get the September call up to be a reliever as well they'll hope that Fujin Nami works out and that they can get Cano back on track because even Kano has been shaky lately. So I, in terms of the one thing about this deadline, I can cut Mike Elias some slack is it was very much a seller's market where there was so many teams looking for pitching starting pitching in particular. You mentioned the White Sox w- probably wanting Jackson holiday for Dylan Cease. There was just so many teams looking for pitching and so few pitchers out there that these teams could say, you know, jack up the price for a starting pitcher. So you could say, if you wait until this offseason, next trade deadline, you know, is Dylan Cease going to win this team a World Series? If if they were that far away before with the pitching, one guy wasn't going to win them a World Series.
5: I think another thing that has been brought up, not here, but I've heard it talked about other places, is the fact that when baseball expanded the playoffs to a third wild card team, more teams are still in it, so less teams are willing to sell. The San Diego Padres, yep. in a normal year, yeah, would be selling. Yeah, that's the part
4: that I was about to bring up. Was we saw so many teams that we heard about that we thought were going to be sellers become buyers. I mean, we thought Seattle probably was going to sell. They didn't. They sold. They sold some guys. It, not really. But it, it, but it was they're more still s- in it. The it was, Angels. We thought Angels bought. might. And they bought Cleveland. We thought maybe would sell. Padres a great example. The Cubs.
0: Yeah, the Padres, I mean, the Cubs, and the Angels were the three for sure. Like Cleveland you thought
4: sold. They sold Savelle.
0: Yeah, you yeah. you thought that Otani might be available, but but, but that was you know going to take a, a million dollars. Right. You know, in ter- <laughs> the, the version of blue chip prospects, uh, uh, just a boatload of money, and. It was the, Marcus Stroman from the Cubs, Blake Snell from the Padres. Snell would have – and even Corbin Burns from the Brewers were all those top-flight pitchers. More so, you know, Snell and Burns being those aces that you could have maybe been able to got to get if these teams weren't still in playoff contention.
2: Yeah. Uh, but the Orioles, again, they're playing this afternoon for getaway day game. Uh played a 105 game yesterday. They beat the Brewers on a walk-off, a very weird walk-off. Let's hear it from the Nationals radio network.
1: One ball, two strikes. Now the kick. Here's the pitch. Swinging a ground ball, chopped to third. They're gonna throw home. The throw is wide, off the glove of the catcher, rolling the backstop. Here comes Vargas to the plate. He is safe. Two runs score on a ground ball. The, books. the Nationals out of the field to celebrate. They mob Alex Cole for putting the ball in play and chopping it to the third base side.
2: That was the weirdest walk-off that I've ever seen. He is—it was, it was an, a walk-off error essentially. It was just yep. a chopper to the third base. Tried to throw home. It went past the catcher. And then the one guy scored to tie it up, and then they threw it back to the catcher, but the guy had already slid in and scored. The Nationals win. They win the series. I believe they've now won seven of nine at home after being, like, the worst team of the MLB at home for the rest of the season. Don't count them out yet. But yesterday, they make very interesting moves. So they signed Corey Dickerson at the beginning of the season to be a guy like when they signed Nelson Cruz and to be trade bait, essentially. Essentially what they did with Jamer Candelario. Where they sent him to the White Sox, Cubs. The Cubs, excuse me. Uh, they end up DFAing him yesterday because he hasn't had the season they wanted to, and they're obviously a real be- rebuilding team. So they DFA him. They bring up Blake Rutherford. Uh, that'll ease an or keep the left-right platoon option available in left field. He's already on the four. Or there's the forty-man roster spot. They also call up Jeter Downs who is a guy that hasn't been great at all he's hitting 177 in AAA I don't understand why they make that move yesterday he was supposed to be good he was supposed to be good uh, but it, it just they got Jacob that that's come up for Candelario and then they bring up uh, left-handed reliever Robert Garcia before yesterday's game so they're, they're doing what Mike Rizzo does in August bring some guys up to see what they can do I would imagine if jeter downs doesn't do anything he's cut after this year if he doesn't hit the major league level he's cut uh but they there's some interesting news coming out this morning so dylan cruz the number two overall pick he made his professional debut with the florida gulf coast four complex league nats today he went three for three with a double he scored three runs that's a great debut i guess he did so well in his debut that they're just going to say, you're going to play that one game and you're coming up to Fredericksburg. So he's going to make his debut Saturday night for the Fredericksburg Nats and see how long he stays in Fredericksburg. Does he maybe get a jump up to double A before the end of the season? But he's your number one prospect essentially that in a third baseman to see what he can do. But Dylan Cruz already making it to affiliated balls huge for them yeah
0: i mean he was clearly far and away the top hitter in the draft and it was good for them to be able to get a guy like that you know uh, at number two as opposed to you know because you had another great pitcher from lsu in the mix that they got went number one that you could just have that guy fall to you a lot of times there's only one of those guys in a draft and they had two from the same school so it was a good opportunity for them and yeah, he's probably going to make his way up through the minor leagues pretty quick. I don't know yeah. if it'll be Jackson Holiday quick. I don't think play. it'll be
2: this year, but I think next year he could find himself early in the season like Bryce Harper did in 2012 where he starts the season at AAA, and then by the mid-April, early May, he's up in the big leagues. But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by Hagerstown. the car buying experience, go to HagerstownFord.com for more on this side of this break. We'll wrap things up. We'll talk... Uh, College athletics expansion, or I guess, or conference realignment, once again, comes into the spotlight. This is the end of last week, but I don't know how the meeting went. In Arizona. I know they had an Arizona college thing meeting last night for realignment. I haven't checked on that yet, but I don't think it became official. We'll talk about that. Uh, another team coming to the Big Twelve. We'll talk about that on the other side of this two-minute break when we wrap things up. You're tuned in to Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR R and TV10. Back in two minutes. And
1: Join us at the Berkeley County Youth Fair for eight action-packed days of fun for the whole family, August 5th through August 12th. We're excited to welcome back Cole Amusement Company for our daily carnival. That's right, we said daily, because the carnival will be open every single day of the fair this year. And don't forget, you can skip the line and buy your tickets online at colerides.com. Follow us on Facebook for fair week updates or download the new BCYF app. We'll see you at the Berkeley County Youth Fair.
4: Hunt for the 10th state championship is almost here, and legendary head coach Dave Walker is back to lead the Bulldogs to victory. Make sure your business isn't hidden on the sideline this season. Call 304-263-6586 and become an advertiser on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 for the 2023 Martinsburg Bulldog football season. This is the home of Martinsburg Bulldog football all season long. Again, call us at 304-263-6586 to make sure your business is scoring touchdowns and not fumbling the ball
1: this year.
2: Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 for your Thursday, August 3rd, brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Call 304-263-4343. Spencer, Nick, Colin, and Dylan, happy to have you with us for those final four minutes or so as we'll talk conference realignment. Big 12 expansion continues. Uh, Another team headed to the Big 12, Colin.
4: Yeah, Colorado's coming back to the Big 12 after a little bit over a decade, I believe, of uh, them leaving. But they've decided to come back, saw the opportunity from the Pac-12. So um, here we go. We'll see who else joins the party with Oklahoma and Texas leaving. And if there's any other shakeups going on in the NCAA.
2: Prime might be on the sidelines next year. Mylo and Pusker's yeah
4: that, that'd be interesting if coach Prime has to come <laughs> to Morgantown here in a little bit
0: yeah that the, the Colorado has had a lot of uh, things going on in the last year or so so it makes sense this is definitely obviously probably the big 12s well attempt.
2: they've got the revenue for it
0: yeah uh, this is the big 12s attempt to you know keep themselves around essentially because we are kind of seeing you know what The Big Ten trying now to angle for Oregon and Washington when they've already agreed to accept in USC and UCLA that if things go the way they're going, there's going to be these two super conferences, the Big Ten and the SEC. If they start swallowing up ACC teams at some point when they've already gotten Texas and Oklahoma, Big 12 is just kind of trying to fight to survive.
2: Yeah.
5: And, I can't uh, even tell you who's in what conference anymore.
2: I can't anymore. And we've got more expansion news. Nicole Aulbach, I believe is how you say her name, the senior writer for The Athletic, Sirius XM. She's now NBC Sports, going to be a football insider for them, for the Big Tw- or Big Ten, excuse me. Big Ten presidents have authorized Commissioner Tony uh, Petiti to explore expansion. Pete Daniel first reported that discussions have centered are on just Oregon and Washington, bringing them to the Big Ten. Uh, so more conference expansion continuing here and conference realignment as uh, it seems like the conferences have all the leverage in this. That Like the NCAA doesn't even – <laughs> the they don't have any control. They don't have any control. And it's also all football-based. I mean, yeah. For the most part,
5: like nobody's making a conference change for basketball or whatever the case may be. So, the unless big 12's you're
4: trying to a little bit, an FCC school, yeah, I, I or FCS school. yeah, the big 12's trying a little bit, and that's why they wanted to bring in Houston, for example, kind of in a way, Cincinnati, even though that's probably more football. And that's why I think they're also looking at Arizona now, potentially, with the Pac 12 leaving, I think. Because they really do value in the Big
0: 12 basketball, you might see Arizona go to that yeah, conference. The Pac-12, you're right, Colin. It's just about dead. Just they've, already had the, the they've already had their TV deal struggles where it's just an incompetent conference over there.
2: I'm still not over that. Uh, I think at some point you could see WV moving to the ACC. That could still nope. be in the cards. No, nah, I don't think it's I think happen. that could still be in the cards. The ACC the ACC's is going to die the a- as well. Yeah, the the ACC is a- not going to die. The Florida State leaves. Florida State and Clemson, the do it SEC. For this edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, thanks to Dylan Brewer for coming on, and talking about his new youth football league. Uh, for Dylan Bishop, Colin McLaughlin, Nick for I'm Spencer saying So long. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
1: Locally owned, locally operated, and proud to support our local community. Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg, Spring Mills, Harper's Ferry.